This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Good morning. This is the Jazz FM Business Breakfast. I'm Nick Howard. Thank you for joining me. With me going through the morning's business headlines is Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. Craig, we've got to start off with those GDP figures from yesterday. The UK plunged into its deepest recession in history and the first recession for 11 years. But when you look at the monthly GDP figures, we actually seem to be on a recovery curve. Yes, there is the headline rating figures. And then when you delve down a little deeper, there is some sign for encouragement. So as you say, the the headline figure is this is the worst contraction and the deepest recession on record. That goes back more than 100 years, I believe. So that obviously um, is not ideal, but it's also in a way not surprising it's not it, it's worse than other Europe some other European countries whether you're looking at Germany Spain uh, Italy France uh, we, we have had a more severe recession there and Spain wasn't too far behind um, but we have had a far more severe recession than, than the vast majority of them but I think there's a number of reasons for this everyone's trying to pinpoint the one reason why our recession has been worse and as ever there's not just one I do think it's quite clear that we do, have, as the Chancellor said, we do have a, a, a larger services sector, so there's a chance that this could have been more heavily impacted as a result of the lockdown. Uh, but then there is also the fact that we did go into lockdown a little bit later. It has been a more, um, in many ways, the, the lockdown itself was much more restrictive um, uh, uh, on business and also lasted longer than you when you're looking at countries such as uh, Germany as well. And then there's the obvious impact uh, on people's behaviour as a result uh, of the lockdown itself and as a result of the the case counts and the death toll that we've seen that since the reopening has people's behavior been different in the uk than it has been for example in uh, spain france and germany uh, and i think all of these things and more is likely con- contributed to the to what we've now seen uh, in these gdp figures as you've said though the encouraging sign is 8.7 percent i think it is the growth figure for june this is the month on month which um thankfully has only just started being actually um uh, uh, put out there uh, that is encouraging that suggests that with the shops being open we have seen a bounce back we would like to see more and we're going to hope that july is going to be even better again um and the bank of england seems to certainly think so this is another thing that we need to point out last week the bank of England did say that they have revised that they have revised up sorry their uh, growth forecast for this year mm. so it's now less severe than it was so hopefully we're expecting that the July and August figures are going to be a little bit better again the issue with GDP is that it's calculated in percentages you end up with these large amplifying effects that um, if you're going up from a very low base the actual real economy is um, potentially only growing really a, a small amount and the same if you're coming from a very high base downwards I noticed uh, the Chancellor Rishi Sunak yesterday when he was talking about these figures, he didn't take the opportunity that he could have to trumpet the um, the, the the recovery um, months. He was talking about the hard times that he had predicted and that went now in. I thought that was interesting and potentially clever that he's not going to end up being criticised for downplaying the difficulties that businesses are going to find themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth noting that the economy is still a sixth smaller than it was in mm. February. So despite the fact that we've had this nice bounce back in June, July, in June, sorry, there's still an enormously long way to go. Unemployment is currently 3.9%. Most people expect it to nearly double, if not double, between now and the end of the year, maybe going into the middle of next. So I don't think Sunak's in, um, uh, in any way confused about the fact that this, uh, while it's an encouraging bounce back, it's just that that's all it is. There's still a long way to go. There is 
still going to be um, damage as a result of the lockdown that we've seen. And unfortunately, as always with these situations, it's going to fall on those less, least able um, to deal with it. So it, it, it's going to be a very tough road ahead, regardless of this. We need to see a lot more. I don't think we're going to see the V-shaped recovery people have hoped for. But as the Bank of England alluded to last week, if we can see improvements now, then that will benefit us further down the road. I know in many quarters the government, for example, has been criticised for its eat out to help out scheme, saying this aid could have been better suited somewhere else. But I think this is one of the areas where you can see that it is one of the uh, one of the types, the kinds of schemes, not necessarily the scheme itself, but the kind of schemes that is going to be necessary because we need support in various sectors. It has, doesn't, it shouldn't be a case of here versus here. Uh, the this is one area where there's th- uh, hundreds of thousands uh, of people who are employed in uh, an area that has been heavily impacted from a behavioural standpoint as well as a pure uh, lockdown standpoint and therefore people need to be encouraged to get back to these places to preserve jobs and to preserve businesses so that this is not another segment of the economy we're going to see high unemployment and so far the results have been that it's been heavily used so that should be something we should be looking at encouragingly. For sure. The US um, stating that it's not going to hit the uh, the EU and UK with some of the punitive tariffs that were um, threatened. What's going on behind the background here? Because uh, Mr. Trump does like a punitive tariff. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you, you read the stories and you see the justification given effectively suggesting that the EU news just needs to go further. The EU has already said, and Airbus itself has already said, they have taken steps to effectively follow the uh, WTO ruling with regards to the levels of interest rates. For example, it's paying on loans from France and others um, in order to make these jets. Uh, there's obviously other areas as well. So they're saying that they've taken the steps uh, or at least made progress on the steps that the WTO has ruled on. Um, but I, I can't help but feel that given the timing of these tariffs going into place, given the threats from the EU to retaliate, there's a WTO ruling not too far away on uh, on Boeing as well. So um, so the, this, <clears throat> the, the prospect of the EU hitting the US with uh, politically sensitive tariffs three months before an election, I feel that's not coincidental either. So it's probably in the US's best interest at this very moment in time to discourage the use of tariffs and discourage the use of retaliation particularly well, on politically yeah, sensitive areas. And fundamentally, the thing with tariffs is that they're paid ultimately by the consumer in the country which puts up the tariffs. So it would be American shoppers who would be the ones actually footing the bill. Uh, yes, it would. But uh, again, as you've already alluded to, Trump hasn't necessarily worried about this in the past. He's very much relied on his PR message of they pay the tariffs, not us, uh, to try and drive that message home. Uh, and I, I think he's kind of hoped that people back in the US won't notice it as much. So there is obviously the, the argument that... Um, that, that, that that right now people may notice it that little bit more given everything that we're going through but I can't like as I say I can't help but feel like it's the risk and the threat of counter tariffs on agricultural products for example on key voting areas uh, and industries in the US at a time when Trump is already struggling in the polls that may be uh, may have swayed this particular decision. Greg, before I let you go, let's just run through what's happening in markets at the moment. Um, we've seen um, a, uh, a recovery um, overnight from uh, a bit of a fallback yesterday. Yeah, we have. So we saw a little bit of a bounce back, which is encouraging. It's been a bit of a um, it's been a bit of a wild ride this week. Uh, I think it's safe to say. Um, but like the, the bounce back that we did see overnight um, was 
I'd say certainly encouraging, although I think we need a couple more days to uh, to put minds completely at ease. Uh, the, the trading that we saw on, uh, on, on Tuesday suggested that we may be uh, looking at a bit of a correction, but we've more than recovered those gains. So I think that may that will certainly put investors' nerves at ease. Um, the risk here is that what triggered that move on Tuesday was uh, rising uh, borrowing costs in the US. Um, that can sometimes uh, lead to fears about tightening credit conditions, etc. But um, it seems that that's alleviated somewhat. It does. It, I, think, I still think there's going to be a lot more sensitivity going into the end of this week. The moves that we saw yesterday are certainly more encouraging than what we saw on Tuesday. Craig, a pleasure speaking with you this morning. That's Craig Erland there, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 